0: Hello everybody and welcome back inside the Shark Tank, safe to say a lot sooner than most of us were imagining. We've reconvened the podcast for a special emergency episode to discuss the news that broke Tuesday morning, the sell sharks have re-signed Rohan Yanzi van Rensburg on a three-year deal with immediate effect. My name is Lewis and I'm joined as always by Alex and James. Alex, how are you doing?
1: I'm very excited, mate. So
0: excited. And James, how are you doing?
1: Yeah, good, mate. Well, Very excited. Well, the
0: beast is back. <laughs> well, we're all absolutely elated with the news, obviously. Uh, and we just thought we'd have a quick chat uh, to discuss what having Van Rensburg back in the team for next year uh, means for Sale and Sale's fan base. So, Alex, how, how does signing Van Rensburg change Sale's outlook for the 2018-19 season?
1: Um, I think it still leaves us with a few areas of weakness, but I think it brings a bit of depth and a bit of quality that we just haven't had last season um, and you can tell that when it got into the winter months and we had Van Rensburg as an option outside McGuinsey it just changed the way we could play because he can you know he can throw a pass and he can he's got speed but at the same time as I think Alex Shaw said on Twitter he is a 10's absolute dream because you can just offload the ball to him and go do what you want and um, Knowing dimes they'll probably end up playing either loose prop or fire during the season at some point. But so that versatility also, you know, sort of comes into it and brings that added dimension. But in all seriousness he's just an absolutely top class player, he made a real impact while he was there. And hopefully it means that we can bring Mark Jennings back in at a relatively easy pace to get the best out of both of them.
0: Yeah, James, same question for you then. You know, d- does signing Van Rensburg make you a little bit more optimistic about what sales can achieve next season, or are you, are you like Alex, sort of still looking at a few holes in the team that might still need addressing, uh, even though we've obviously made a big splash in, in in re-signing Van Rensburg?
2: Well, what it does is it gives us all hope that those gaps elsewhere in the squad will be filled by the first game of the season. Um, and Especially, I'm thinking Lucem Prop and and sort of back up ten stroke fifteen. If we can do do that as a bare minimum, we'll be fine. And this, I think, gives us hope that there's not something fundamentally wrong with coming to sale. Um, my instinct is we've probably paid a bit over the odds uh, to to attract him, and that's why it's taken so long. Where we get onto that in a bit. In terms of the impact on the on the wider squad and the skills that he brings. I mean, I think he showed over his loan period that, you know, the strength that he has, um, he can step off both feet. He just breaks through that tackle, potential offload, you know, offloading and things. And with the wingers that we have and things, if we're tracking play, then that gives us the opportunity to get behind defensive lines. The other thing I'd say about him as well is that we saw him almost primarily as a 12. He's played a lot at 13 in super, Super Rugby. I mean, this season he even played on the wing. I I don't think we should, for one instance, be considering that, considering the strength we have on the wing. But I think what it says is he's actually more versatile than just a 12 who's going to truck it up the channel. Um, And considering the depth across the centres, you know, it still looks like Leota's taken on for another year. I think that's probably been brought on by the fact that Redpath's out for the whole year. So where we'd be looking to bring him in as sort of fourth-choice centre, Leota is going to have to do another year for us which I think is fine uh, but I think Leota's probably lost a yard of pace and it's probably more of a 12 than a 13 now so after behind Sam James you're looking at Luke James who can play it, it, it in both but also you know that both Jennings and Van Resberg can do that as well so I think that it does give us enough, enough cover of both, uh, across both positions. Just going back to Alex's point now on easing Jennings in, there's going to be no easing him in because I don't think that Van Rensburg is going to be back until
1: beginning of October maybe from his injury. So um, hopefully
2: sending Jennings off for uh, uh, surgery in early February or whatever it was, um, hopefully he is fully fit for the start of the season. If not, hopefully, at least Luke James is someone, <laughs> anyone.
0: It is. It is a bit concerning, actually, that uh, w- when you think about cells opening game of the 2018-19 season, uh, where we won't have Van Rensburg um, due to uh, an ankle injury he suffered at the end of May. He's out until uh, end of September, start of October. It was a four month um, prognosis for for his recovery. I probably won't have Faf clerk either. Uh, obviously, he uh, has been confirmed that he will be eligible to play uh, in the Rugby Championship. Uh, but we're not going to do a season preview now. We don't want to uh, overstep on that. Uh, question for, for either of you whoever wants to answer it. Um, does the signing of Van Rensburg, with the sales team as it currently is, does that move the needle into us uh, being a top-six team? Because we weren't far off this season. Obviously, we, we went into that in great depth on the, the season review podcast. Do you think... The team as it is at the moment, plus Van Rensburg, now means that we can we, we can be more confident in, in predicting a, a top six winner for sale for next season.
1: I think it will help us in close games that we should have won last season. So I'm thinking, you know, Bath, Newcastle. I don't think over the course of the season, top six will be achievable if we don't sign up some back forwards, because I think that is where our weakness really lies, and I just don't think we've got strength there yet. But I do think that if Ross Harrison can pull off another season of playing 80 minutes every week at one, um, then Van Rensburg will help us in those tight games, because I think he did when he came over, you know, the Wuster game away being particularly a particular, sort of, not a highlight, but a good example of that. So I, I would say if we play like we did last season, yeah But I, I really worry that we haven't got depth in the forwards And they're going to be knackered
2: after a long season this time Yeah, I, I think that's a really good point Yeah, we, we haven't really added that much depth in the forwards Supporting James Phillips It'll um, help during the winter months There's no doubt about that But it's not an advance on potential and quality It's a different option yeah. of similar quality that we've already got Which isn't a bad thing um, but we haven't really, we're not really increasing the quality of our pack yet um, so it'll be interesting to see what else we do on that front um, otherwise you know I fear that Van Rensburg is going to be spending a lot of time uh, taking it into back rowers you know um, of right on the game line you know and and, that we, and there is question marks it's, you know Van Rensburg's uh, fitness he came to us because he basically hadn't played for a year and uh, needed to get fit for the start of Super Rugby. Uh, three months into Super Rugby, he goes goes down with another four-month injury. So he's not going to be seen for the Lions again. Um, so that's the, that's the end of his Lions career. Um, and he's not going to be there for the start of the season for us either. So it does make you worry if he's going to be doing such a heavy load. Uh, and it's his ankle and his knee that are the issues, which are not the things that you... You know, considering how much weight he's carrying around, because he is an absolute unit. You know, he, I mean, you know, you do worry about the joints, don't
0: you? Yeah, you have to imagine that Van Rensberg when he comes into the sell Side uh, this coming season, it'll be a very similar trajectory as to what happened last season. In that, I remember when he first started warming up, when he was on the bench uh, for a game in October or November, um, and I looked at him and I, I genuinely thought he was a prop. At first, I thought, who's. Have we seen a new prop? Because he, he he was just square and he was obviously uh, not at peak fitness. Uh, he'd obviously, you know, he'd obviously been perhaps sort of 17 and a half, it's probably touching 18 stone at that point because he was obviously only partway through his recovery. Um, <laughs> and then obviously, it, it you know, when, when you've been out with an injury for, for such a long period of time, it does take you a long time to, to, to get back into the, the sort of fitness that, that uh, sorry, the form. That made him a a, a very fleeting Springbok international, and obviously during his eight games in the Premier uh, it, with with Sale last season, by game six or seven, he was a genuine game changer. He was he was the playmaker, the outside McGinty that we needed, and he was win- He was almost winning those games single handedly. But obviously, it did take him time to get to that point, and I think it. it I mean, it speaks volumes about what well, how talented a player he is that it only took him you know four or five games after being out for been out for a year but a really good point actually about the pack yeah we've replaced Halalini Alika with with Joe Jones and there's, there's not a massive increase in quality there uh, that isn't um, you know immediately noticeable anyway especially in terms of ball carrying because Alika's uh, I think it's fair to say Alika's strength was predominantly his ball carrying and his jacqueline um, so you're right that Van Rensburg might have a lot of heavy duty work um, to do when he first uh, rejoins with, up with the squad uh, Alex how does the signing of Van Rensburg impact Sales' first-choice backline for next season? Then you know, we there's a lot of flexibility in Sales' backline at the moment. We're a lot of players who can play multiple positions. But does the signing of Van Rensburg now sort of start to move those pieces into place? You know, does this now mean that def- James O'Connor is you know locked in to play fullback, for example?
1: Um, I don't think James O'Connor is locked in to play fullback if Chris Ashton turns up. Just, just dropping that one in there. Um, <laughs> But, other than that, um, my first choice next season, I think Sam James will stay outside centre, although we'll probably end up playing fire half for half of the season. So, when he plays fire, half Van Rensburg will probably move to 13. But if I, if I had to pull the back line out of what we've got, which is pretty impressive, you'd obviously, you know, Fat and AJ are nailed on. The wingers are nailed on. So, then it's your full-back and your centres. And I think Based on last season and this season and who we've got, you've got to say that probably Van Rensburg and James is our strongest. Yeah. But I think that very much depends on what Mark Jennings does in the first. You know, as you say, four, as James the four games of the season. Because um, if Van Rensburg's not there, but he won't, then he's got the chance to save his claim. And and last season he did that pretty well. So um, that is very dependent on how Mark Jennings plays, in effect. And then we sort of got, it it just gives us, we spent a lot of last season sort of worrying about our centre cover and it did get to a point with about three weeks of the season to go that we were sort of pulling centres out of our really, academy and out of our arses to try and find a back line. So it will be nice to have a bit of cover on a permanent basis on that level. Um, but I think, yeah, I think a few Chris Afton doesn't come. Um, Uh, not counting our chickens before they're hatched Uh, O'Connor at 15 and Van Rensburg and James would be my first choice in those positions
0: Yeah James do you agree with that is that how you see the back line shaping
2: up Yeah that's clearly going to be the first choice side if everybody's fit I think there's huge question marks over long term fitness over Jennings uh, Van Rensburg and uh, James O'Connor so we clearly don't have that much depth at 15 Um, McGuigan can play there but I think his best position is on the left wing so I think what we want to be is in a position where we're picking two of McGuigan, Yard and Solomona and you're picking the ones that are scoring the tries the most and when someone's got a niggle or they're away with England it just sorts itself out kind of thing and then at fullback you've got O'Connor who's first choice but might not be seen till Christmas so you know we're going to need to start the season with someone there it has to be McGuigan, fair enough but in an ideal world, we sign somebody to play 15, I think, yeah? And in an ideal world, that person could also fill in for McGuinty if he gets injured because I think we really want to avoid moving Sam James over. I actually think if you look at that period of time where Sales started to play really well, we talked about that in the season review, Sam James was at 10 for a lot of those games. Um, there's no doubt about it that we play good attacking rugby with him at 10. His, his issues are around kicking game, kicking game control when we're going backwards and stuff like that. But it, I say this is not about saying Sam James can't play ten. It's about how do we put our best team on the pitch, and Sam James at thirteen is our best team. So we need to find somebody else to back McGinty up. Is the point? Rather than shifting around all the time, you want to be training mainly in one position and backup training in a second. You don't want to be constantly having to train across different positions. It's a different mindset.
0: Do you know any full who might be available?
2: Um, well, uh, it all depends. It all depends, doesn't it, uh, on who's willing to buy out, who's at the end of their, who's at the end of their contract and stuff. Uh, one thing I did see on Twitter today is um, on the loose head prop side. Um, who's you near know that? Is it Kishoff, the uh, the South African Steven, backup loosehead? Stephen Kishoff. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's he's out of contract with the Stormers this after Super Rugby. Um, so that that would obviously be a monster, a monster signing. But I'm not sure if we're going for a kind of Harrison option, you know, like either or option, or whether we're going to go for a backup to Harrison that we trust. Um, I think that's probably was the preference. But if somebody like Kishoff is available. We should be interested, basically, because the man's a monster.
0: Absolutely, and just just as an aside, we have heard that Sailor are quite far down the line with a uh, loosehead who, given his uh, experience and prestige at the moment, would predominantly be coming in as, as a backup, but a very sort of tantalising prospect as a backup. Uh, really quick question on on the back line. Let's play, let's do some hypotheticals. If Chris Ashton signed, you know, if if a deal gets done between the two teams, if 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 if. And uh, you know Ashton would be coming in to play 15 because obviously you have Yard and Solomona uh, and McGuigan already on the wings. That then leaves you with James O'Connor not sort of floating around, not really playing. And it would suggest that if we sign Ashton, we won't be in the market for a backup flight half. Do you think we're more likely to move Sam James into that backup flight half role? Maybe put Van Rensburg to 13 and have Jennings at 12 or maybe even O'Connor at 12? Or do you think we're more likely to try and mould O'Connor into that fly-half, back-up fly-half that we were sort of trying to do at the start of last season when he first came on board? What, what, what do you think, Alex? Um,
1: well, I know what we will do. We'll just we'll end up shoving Sam James into play-half because that's what we do. Because that's what we do to play. So we just go, oh, play there for a game. And then three years later, they've suddenly made it their position. Ben Foden may I remind you um, so I really hope we do, don't do that because you know it ends up in players leaving and players not being happy at the club so I'd rather Sam James not to be pushed into that position I would rather assign instead of spending 700,000 euros or whatever the fee on Twitter is being rumoured to be 500,000 pounds ok and negotiations underway I see So <laughs> of spending that and buying out Ashton just go and throw it at someone who can play 10 and 15 Right. It, but it all depends on availability, doesn't it? So, you know, if um, if, if signing Ashton precludes us from signing an available fly-off slash 15, I would rather sign a fly-off slash 15. But if that's not an option, then um, bringing Ashton and Sam James can do a job at 10 per season. As James said, he is, he is he's not a bad 10, he's just... About
0: 13. He's, he's
1: a very good 13, yeah. So why don't we play him at 13? It's not rocket science, is it? You know, pick, pick your best players
2: in the best positions. It's also about succession planning there, and it really does depend where the coaching staff think that Kieran Wilkinson is. I think they probably think he's not there for this year. So, yeah, in an ideal, we'd go out and get a 10-15 on a two-year deal, knowing that by the end of that, we've got the succession coming through. If there isn't a 10-stroke 15, but there is Chris Ashton available, then you know it would be silly not to think about that because he's been the top try scorer in every league he's played in every season that he's played. Um, so that's definitely an option. Um, but then it's like, Kieran Wilson's is still not ready this year. He might be ready next year, in which case you are going to have to sit Sam James down and just say you're going to have to do another job for us if McGinty goes. Um, and I do think that Sam James... With the way that Sale play, which is to try and get width on the ball and pick the right options, you know, especially offset plays. You know, we said the first two phases it's about it's about getting the, the 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 right choice at the right time, getting the timing right of the move. There was no doubt about it that the team went a lot better with Sam James than with James O'Connor, whose first things think is how can I sidestep everybody and score into the posts, <laughs> whereas Sam James. He's thinking about how he can put someone else through to score under the post, which is actually mainly what a ten should do. So, I, you know, I would choose to do over the, to answer your question, Sam James or James O'Connor at ten. Sam James. All right,
0: I think I think you did a very very good job of explaining the benefits of, of Sam James over, over James O'Connor. Uh, l- last one then before we uh, before we wrap this up, uh, what is more significant, the on-field or off-field impact of beating Gloucester to the signing of Van Rensburg? I'm, I'm putting this out there because obviously we've all decried the lack of transfer activity from Sale this year. I know uh, some Sale fans, not naming names, James Madeley were very anxious about the lack of uh, players coming through the door and didn't think James Phillips could do a job in the centres. This is obviously <laughs> this is obviously a huge signing for Sale uh, and it's perhaps for the first time this year the first time that Sale have actually managed to beat out other premiership teams for the targets. We were linked with Gerhard Grobler. We were linked with Franco Mosta. We were linked with Danny Cipriani. Coincidentally, all three of them went to Gloucester. This is a huge coup for sailing in in getting the player that they were after. Do you think it's more important on the field for what he brings to the team in sort of giving us go forward, or do you think this is the sort of statement signing that a lot of sale fans that you know maybe getting a little bit you know reticent about renewing the season tickets wanted to see, and will therefore have a big impact on sales off the field fortunes as, as well.
2: Yeah, so my view... <laughs> so the positive side answer to that is we've signed him. Therefore, it's cracking for season ticket sales and to make a statement again in the transfer market and maybe get the next two that we're in for over the line. So that's the positive view. The more pessimistic angle is on the run-up to this is that Gloucester saw the opportunity to get Danny Cipriani. And for whatever reason, he was mentioned for sale and... Things just didn't happen. The Paddy Jackson thing might have thrown that off or whatever. He went to Gloucester. Real questions over whether there's enough room in the salary cap for Gloucester to have also taken on Van Rensburg as well without shipping Owen Williams off to the Dragons. We saw saw these rumours on Twitter and all the rest of it. And, you know, it's difficult to dismiss it because it has a clear logic. So the pessimistic view is um, he couldn't go to Gloucester. And they they, they 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 got Cipriani, Moster and whatever. Um So Gloucester you know, in isolation, are they gonna be bothered about Van Rensburg? I think I think they'll probably cope. Are they overstocked at ten? Maybe. Maybe they might have made the wrong decision if that's the truth bit. Well, I'm just happy that we've got him. I mean who bloody cares, basically?
1: Alex,
0: are you an optimist or a pessimist?
1: Uh I am um... I am a, a, an optimist on the field and a pessimist off the field so probably in line with James there yeah I'm really happy we signed him it'd be great for us but I, I just don't believe Sale have got the transfer now to beat anyone to a signing I think you know, <laughs> something must have fallen into place for us to I mean we had him for three months and or however long it was so we, at least we could sort of you know win him over then he's got a bit of a relationship with us from that so he's seen Manchester in the um, in in its darkest sort of most wintry cold horrible time and he's still come back so I can't wait until he if he comes over now when it's like 30 degrees in the middle of the day here then uh, maybe he will be feeling really good about it maybe that's what convinced him who knows but um, I am um, yeah I think it's it'll be good for off the field fans who don't sort of we read into it too much don't we we go oh it's Gloucester and you know they've beaten we've not beaten them to it whereas most fans just go oh great we've signed a good player I'll buy a ticket so yeah I think there there are definite benefits on and off the field but I do think we've had a slight slice of luck with this one
0: uh, well, that does it for our emergency podcast. Uh, I want to say a big thank you for James and Alex for taking time out of the day uh, to jump on uh, at a moment's notice to discuss uh, to discuss the signing. Uh, I want to say a big thank you uh, to the listeners, as always, for listening. Thank you to everyone who listened and some really nice things about the Season Review podcast. Uh, we really, really do appreciate it. And thank you for everyone who says that they like the theme music because it took me a long time to find uh, any decent copyright-free music that, that could potentially fit in with the Sharks uh, mantra. Um, so, yeah, thank you again for that. But, yeah, that, that's all. We'll, uh, we'll chat to you next time when we uh, reveal the... Uh impending in its signing of Chris Ashton or Loosehead props or, you know, just, just whichever South African who wants to move back to the Northern Hemisphere and play with Van Rensburg and De Klerk. But uh, that's great. Thank you very much, uh, James.
2: Cheers, mate.
0: Uh, thanks very much, Alex.
2: Thank you, mate.
0: We'll speak to you on the Chris Ashton pod.